Good morning, Impact City. Good morning. Isn't it awesome to be here today? I'm so excited to be before you. It's my privilege. It's my, it's an honor for me to welcome you. And if you're joining us for the very first time, we are so excited that you uh, are spending your Sunday with us. Don't you want to know what the ladder's for? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 5, verse 16. While you're standing, I know you've been standing for just a little bit, but think of it this way. You'll get to sit down, and I'm, st- I'm going to stay standing. Luke 5, 16, just one scripture, one scripture, but Jesus often, often, that's the key word, often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Father, bless your word and bless your people today. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. But Jesus often, often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. What do you do often? Think about that for just a few moments. What do you do often? What do you do often? What, what, when people see you, people think of you, what do they associate you with? If you ask my kids, my wife often drinks Dr. Pepper. She often does. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus had a habit that was evident throughout his years in ministry. And the time that he, that he invested secluded with the Father was evident as he ministered. Prayer was a huge part of his life. It was so huge that the disciples, it captures my attention that the disciples saw him bring the dead back to life. The disciples saw him cure leprosy. The disciples saw him restore sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf. He saw, they saw all of these incredible things. They saw him take two fish, five loaves, and feed 5,000 to the point where they ate and there was enough after all had eaten. They saw all of this, but they also saw his prayer life. They saw his prayer life and they saw everything that I just described. And when it came to it, they never did say, Jesus, would you teach us to restore the sight to the blind? They didn't say, Jesus, teach us how to perform a miracle. They said, teach us to pray the way you pray. His prayer life was so passionate. It was so intense. It was full of fervor that the disciples said, I want to I have what you have. Being connected to the Father was not optional for him. It was not a luxury. No, it, it, it was a necessity. And in our scripture, the Bible tells us in verse 12, if you'll go back, while Jesus was in a town, one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. And when Jesus, when he saw Jesus, he fell to his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man and he said, I am willing. I'm grateful for a God who is willing. 
I'm grateful for a God who is willing that when we are lost, that when, we've, when we have detoured from where we should be and where we're going, there is a God that we can come to and we can just be who we are and be raw and be honest. And he is a willing father. Be clean, he said immediately. The leprosy left him. So he, t- he starts doing these incredible miracles. And when they're, the, the Bible says in verse 15, yet the news about him spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But then we get to the key verse of our scripture, of our, uh, what, of our passage today. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed as much as he was called on. As much as he was needed, as much as people came from afar to hear him, to see him, he didn't get caught up in all that he had to do, that he didn't have enough time to carve out some moments of prayer. It was a habit that he formed that could not be compromised. I could sacrifice here, I could sacrifice there, but I'm not going to sacrifice here. I have to do it. And it was a habit that paid huge dividends. What are our habits? What are my habits resulting in? What are we as a people investing in? Yes, we're busy. Yes, we're busy. Yes, we have obligations. We have responsibilities. But what do we make time for? I I heard a preacher once say, you often hear people say, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to work out. He said, you do have time to work out. It's just not that important to you because if it were, you would prioritize it and it would be there. You hear people say, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. You do have time. It's, It's just not that important to us. We're busy, but what are we making time for? What are we making time for? One step in a different direction can result in progress, not immediate and substantial change, but it can result in progress. I've come to encourage you this morning that you can change in the areas of your life that you are frustrated with, that you feel that you've hit a ceiling of potential and possibility. You can change things in your life to be able to experience more of God's goodness, more of God's blessing, more of his favor, more of what he has for you. You can rise from the ashes that have knocked you down, that have tried to destroy who you need to be and have tried to question your identity in Christ. You can rise from that. You can change. He is the one that has all power, but but you also have. You also have the ability. God, God gives us a free will to make some changes, to be able to start some new things in our lives. I don't know about you, but there's some areas in my life that I want to change. There's some areas in my life that I want to improve. And as, as we hit the month of June, I want to talk about a few things that we can do as a people because, yes, I want to give you a word that encourages you, that challenges you, but, I, but it's my mission this morning to give you a word that you can take and you can apply on Monday and you can take and apply on Tuesday and you can take and apply on Wednesday you can result, that can result in progress and ultimately result in change. Because the truth of the matter is that you climb a ladder one step at a time. One step at a time. Thank God for that. I I can make a change today 
and then go to bed and wake up the next day and I can make that same change again. And then I can go to bed and wake up and make that same change again. And maybe I don't pray as much as I need to, but I can start today praying five minutes and then go to bed and I can wake up tomorrow and I can pray again five minutes. And by the time I know it, I've developed a habit, a healthy habit that can result in huge dividends that that my father who sees me in secret can then reward me in public, that, that the life that I live when no one is watching can result in change and can result in impact. I have to climb, but I have to start somewhere. I have to start somewhere. So where are we starting? Where are we starting? This idea of climbing a ladder is as old as the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11 and 6 when the Bible says when the Lord saw them working together before he confused their tongues and before all the different languages came to be, he said this, nothing they set out will be impossible for them. He saw them working. He saw them climbing. He saw them taking the initiative. So let me say it in another way. If you do the little things like they're big things, God can do the big things. For, God will do big things like they're little things. It's about progress. According to a study that I just came uh, across, 45% of the behavior that we do is automatic. This is the only statistic I'll throw at you today. 45%, that could be a good thing, but it could also be a very bad thing, depending on what you do automatically. What do you, have you ever caught yourself and saying, why did I just do that? Because we've done it so much that it now becomes a part of who we are. Habits are the way we put things on repeat on replay, and without the ability to automate, we'd have to relearn everything we do in a single day. Habits save us tremendous time and energy, but the savings comes at a cost. When something becomes second nature, we don't give it a second thought. That's why, that's when and where we need to deconstruct and reconstruct sometimes our daily habits because we can study, we can, we can invest, we can talk about it. But until there is a want to in you and until there is a want to in me, I will stay in the same place. But when we get frustrated enough to say, you know what, God, I've been here long enough. I, I can do something different about this. Yet, Like I mentioned, he is the one that has all power. But what am I going to do? to make the change happen. God is waiting on me to seek him more, to pray more, that I would not lean on my own understanding, but in all my ways, in all my ways, when I'm looking for a new job, when I'm looking for a new house, when I'm looking to move, when I'm looking in all my ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Are we seeking him more than anything else? We have to check our time management, our talent management, our treasure management, because the truth is that we can, with some habits, with some new, uh, for, uh, some new things that we can form in our lives, we can reinvent ourselves, we can reprogram our mind, we can repurpose our heart, we can reinvent our body. Let me say this, I recognize that there is such a thing as nature, but there is also such a thing as nurture. There is such a th- there's some things with about me, and there's some things about you that I cannot control and that you cannot control. But there are some things that I can do something about. 
there are some sicknesses that run in my family. There are some sicknesses that run in your family that I can either accelerate or that I can slow down with the habits that I have. Amen? There are some things in our lives that I can get to a lot quicker if I don't have good habits, but there are some things that I can put off by taking care of myself. Height, weight, all that, hereditability factor, I'm not, it's, a, it's, it's part of your, who you are as you, uh, your hereditary part, but, but I'm not dismissing any of that, but I'm talking about the things that we can change. I can't change some things, but I can change some things. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm not dismissing that. I'm not dismissing the fact that, that there's sicknesses that, that we deal with. There's, there's proclivities. There's things that are passed down from generation to generation. I, I am aware of that. You see that in the Bible dating back all the way to Genesis. When you see, when you see Rebecca and when you see Jacob, when you see that spirit of conniving that, that was passed down, that, that trickster that was in Jacob was passed down from generation to generation. There are things like that, but this is so much more than, than just, I'm not just trying to give you a self-help and trying to make you feel good. This is a stewardship issue. And we have, an, we have the tendency to think that stewardship is tied directly to money. But stewardship talks about my time. And it talks about my talents. And it talks about things that I invest in. When, when you think of yourself, who are you framing yourself to be because of the habits that we have? Jesus said it this way. He says, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's making the most of my time and my talent and my treasure. It's my best for his best. It's cultivating not only good habits, but it's also cultivating God habits. And I want to focus on this today. What habits are consistent in our lives? Where are they leading us? What, where are we today? What, what situations have we ourselves got ourselves into because because of habits that we have formed. So think of a habit in your life. It can be physical. It can be relational. It can be emotional. It can be mental. It can be spiritual. I'll give you a few examples. I'll give you a few examples. Think of some habits. You know, if, you, if it could be keeping a daily journal where you're just expressing gratitude to God. It could be something as simple as that where you just take a few minutes each day and just say, God, I am grateful for this. Yes, there's things that are not okay in my life. Yes, there's things that need work, but I'm grateful for the fact that I have breath in my lungs. I'm grateful for the strength that I have to be able to stand. I'm grateful for the ability to be able to write. I'm grateful for the ability. We So many times we tend to focus on what we don't have, but what do we have? I don't have everything in order, but I do have a God who is perfect. I don't have the healing in my body, but I have a God who is Jehovah Rapha. He is my healer. I don't have all the money that I need, but I have Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. I don't have anybody with me, but I have, Je I have the Lord who is my company keeper. I have a huge challenge in front of me, but I have a God who is a bridge over troubled waters. I, I have to focus on what I do have. I have a God who is El Shaddai. He is more than enough. He is... It could be five minutes of prayer. It could be a daily Bible reading plan. 
It could be something that small. So pick that habit. And when you think of reverse engineering things in our lives, and when you think about being different, when you think about making changes in your life, is it measurable? Is it meaningful? And can you maintain it? So I'm going to give you three quick points, elaborate a little bit on it. So get this. Can you measure it? Let's say if you say, I want to lose weight, how do you measure that? Getting into shape, losing weight, those are hopes, but they're not habits. Habits is putting down the fork when the tres leches cake is in front of me. That's a habit that will ultimately align with my hope. You have to make it measurable by counting calories or mapping miles. Amen? Once it's measurable, then it's manageable. I can do this because I know what my goal is. I, gotta, I have to walk five miles a day. One way to do this is by adding timelines, deadlines. I have to do it by this time because deadlines are vital to creating good habits. I'll put it off till tomorrow. How many times have we started the, a, a, a diet or I'm going to work out, but I'm going to start on Monday. And then Monday comes in something. I, I can't start on Tuesday, so I'm going to have to wait till next Monday. We, we put off those things. Then second, check yourself. Is your habit meaningful? So what does that mean? Once you can do it for someone else, listen, creating habits isn't just about you. It's about third and fourth generations. It's about my children, their children, their children. It's about leaving a legacy. It's about being a blessing to others because of habits that I can create. Just as I mentioned that there are things that are passed down from generation to generation. My, my father was a drunk, or my grandfather was a drunk. My father is a drunk, and now I'm dealing with alcoholism in the same way. Just as in that way, there are blessings that we can start today that can affect my children, and that can affect my grandchildren, and because, because grandfather was a giver, and because he gave of his time, his talents, because of because my father was, was a giver as well. And now I have a spirit of wanting to serve and wanting to do something because it was passed down. It was instilled. It started somewhere. And you know what? It doesn't matter what your family tree looks like to this moment. You can change some things. I'm grateful for a God of new beginnings. I'm grateful for a God that just because the addiction has been in my family and just because that bad habit has been in my family, just because my family has struggled with this, it doesn't mean that I have to struggle. He that is in Christ is a new creature. I can be new today by the power of Jesus. So find your why and look at it every day. Put it on your bathroom mirror. Put it on your visor in your vehicle. Set an alarm on your phone. What is it doing to be meaningful? And then the second, the last point is, can you maintain it? Can you maintain it? It's measurable, it's meaningful, but our habits have to be maintainable. It's okay to dream big, but you have to start small. You have to start small. You have to start somewhere. It can be so much as an act of kindness. I'm, I'm 
where you can be, I'm, I'm, I've always been a selfish person, and then you think, instead of me buying something for me today, I'm going to buy something for someone else. It's a small change. I don't get here from one day to the other. I have to start somewhere. Is it maintainable? Can I maintain it? You are capable of more than you can imagine. But I will say this. I heard it say, and I think it's incredible, consistency beats intensity. Seven days out of the week. Consistency beats intensity. Seven days out of the week. You have to do it for a day. Then do it again. Then do it again. That's how every goal is accomplished. The good news is that you can do anything for a day. But come back and do it again. In the Gospels, Jesus says something that I find fascinating. In Matthew 12, 43 and 45, when an impure spirit comes out of someone, Jesus is talking, it goes through arid places, dry places, seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits, more wicked than itself, and they go and live there. And this is what the Bible says. The final condition of that person is worse than the first. Okay, that's what I want to focus on today because you, you just, I'm not trying to, to, to go in a different direction. So this is a difficult verse to, to be able to draw out the exegesis of it. But let me ask the obvious question. Why is the person worst off? Because they didn't cultivate the daily disciplines necessary to back up the divine deliverance. They didn't cultivate the daily habits to support the deliverance that took place. God can deliver us from anything, but what am I going to do after that deliverance to be able to sustain it? That's why, that's why people say stay away from crash diets because, yes, you'll lose a lot of weight, but it comes back with friends. Because the daily disciplines are not there. I can't lose weight, depend on a cleanse to lose weight. I have to change my eating habits. It's tangible for us. But you have to cultivate the daily habits to back up that miracle. That what God does in one instance, and we say, I'm grateful for the work that he did in my life. But now I'm going to live in such a way because he delivered me from that. I'm not even going to go in that direction because I have to make a decision, a daily decision to steer clear from that. And to say, I'm not even going to go back to that because that is a proclivity and that is a weakness. So I have to head in a different direction. I have to do something different to make sure that the work that he has done in my life uh, is permanent and stays. That's why the Apostle Paul says, I die daily. I die daily. Yes, I am crucified with Christ. I have to die daily to myself. I have to die daily to what I want to, what the flesh wants to do. And I have to put myself and align myself with God's word. 
with God's purpose and with God's design for me. That's why you'll hear when Jesus was able to do a great work. He said, go and sin no more. I healed you from the sin in your life, but now you have to do your part and go and sin no more. Now I have to do an act. I have to actively be involved in my salvation. I have to be actively involved in my salvation. Spiritually speaking, you don't stop sinning by not sinning. You need a vision that's bigger than that. And you need a vision that's bigger than the temptation. And the best way to eliminate one habit is to replace it with a good habit. What bad habit could you replace with a good habit in your life today? I know it takes time and it takes effort, but we have to reinvest the time in ourselves and the talents and the treasures, and we have to cultivate that into a good habit. The question this morning then is, are those addictions positive or negative? Are your habits positive or negative? Are they healthy or are they unhealthy? Are they holy or are they unholy? All of us could afford to complain a little bit less. Amen? Yep. Am I... Don't just stop complaining. We have to be able to switch from that. We have to be able to change that. So going back to what I said, keeping a gratitude journal is a great way of complaining less. Or being able to just imagine or be able to look out and say, God, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for this. And I'm grateful for that. I'm great. Shift our focus. We have to shift our focus to where the gratitude is, is cut, needs to come from. So if you keep a gratitude journal, write it, recite it, think about it, meditate on it. Sooner or later, you aren't a complainer anymore, but now you're someone who is grateful for anything and everything in your life. That you could look at any circumstance and look at any situation and just be grateful for it. I truly believe that this is what David was talking about, what I quoted last Sunday when he said, It was good for me that I was afflicted because if I were never afflicted, I would not have known the power of God. I would have never known your statues. It's good that I went through that because now I know you better. That that is an attitude of gratitude. The Bible says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, is, uh, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Write them in your heart. The question is how. How do you keep them? You have to practice at it. The answer to that is creating habits and being what, what the psalmist said, all day long, all day long I meditate on your law. I open my mouth and pant, thinking of your commandments. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you're at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign, the Bible says, on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. God doesn't just give commands, but rather he couples them with daily rituals that you and I can do with daily habits that we can do, getting up, lying down, and if you're trying to cultivate, for example, a prayer habit, one of the best ways to do is, is to do it either first in the morning or the last thing at night because those rituals, when they become habits in our lives, they serve as reminders. You automatically wake up and say, I have to pray. Before you go to bed, you say, I have to pray. 
So we have to form habits that are healthy as a church. Why is this so important? Because you matter and because you have a purpose and because you have a calling on your life. And if you're not okay, then it doesn't, it doesn't put you in a position to be able to give, to be able to serve. But when you are healthy and your neighbor is healthy and the person behind you is healthy and the person in front of you is healthy, then we have a healthy church. And a healthy church grows automatically. A healthy child grows automatically, and I, that, that needs to be our focus. I have to get to a place. I have to be a healthy individual. I have to be a healthy person that I could be able to share what God has given me. It's been said, show me your habits, and I'll show you your future. Over time, we become who our habits are. Can you do it for a day? Don't try to change 17 things, 18 things, 27 things, 37 things at the same time. What can you focus on? One thing. Bad habits will always come back to bite us. But good habits will always come back to bless us. Either way, you cannot break the law of measures. The Bible says this, with the measure you use, Jesus said, it will be measured unto you. You get what you put into it. You get what you put into it. With the measure you use, it will be measured unto you. Anything and everything from your health to your wealth to your marriage Ultimately, how you do anything is how you'll do everything. It's about the small things. And the truth of the matter is that ultimately we cannot do it in our own strength. But we need God. We need him. How? The Holy Spirit. More of this next week. The Holy Spirit is what is living in us. Paul said, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? I am the temple, and I don't want to over-spiritualize, under-spiritualize habits, but they impact every area of our lives. Every area of our lives. Everything from being something so small to it being something so large. Habits. Don't throw the trash away when you finish with whatever it is. Ultimately, you have your countertop becomes an extension of your trash can. It's a habit. While there is psychology, more importantly, I believe there's theology for it. Because I believe it's a spiritual battle that we fight on different levels. And I believe that the battle can be won and it can be lost in the mind. It's mind over matter. You've heard that said before. The Bible says this. King Solomon said, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what does that mean for you and me today? What My habits help form who I am. And if I can put it to work, the word 
will work in my life if I work it. The word will work if I work it. The word will work if I work. What, what does his word say? I am more than a conqueror through Christ. I am more than a conqueror. I shouldn't be struggling with this habit. I shouldn't be struggling with this sin. No, he paid the price to call me to greatness. And shame on me if I am struggling here because he called me to be something greater than what I am. I'm glad that, that the Bible says that he calls those things as, as, that are not as though they were because he has the power to make them be what they ought to be. So I see myself in my fallen state but he sees myself as an overcome he sees me as an overcomer I see myself uh, struggling but yet he sees me and he says you can do all things uh, through Christ uh, which strengthen you I see myself uh, I see myself sick but he says uh, by my stripes uh, you are healed uh, I see myself uh, in a certain situation but I have to be able to reshape some things in my mind and uh, and know what he says about me and know that I don't get there from one day to the other, but I have to take one step and I have to be able to say, I, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthen me. I, I have to get up. And even though I have a headache right now and, and the left side of my head hurts, I have to say, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter what my circumstance says about me. It doesn't matter what my situation what who is God he is almighty my circumstance doesn't change the fact that he's worthy my circumstance doesn't change the fact that he deserves to be praised you know when I when I have to develop small habits and say I'm gonna pray today I'm gonna pray five minutes and then I have to wake up the next day and say I'm gonna pray again I, I'm gonna pray again I'm gonna pray again until it becomes a habit that has changed my life and that is blessing my life and that is blessing my family and that is blessing my ministry I have to align my habits with the, the word of God and I can you can make changes you can make changes but you don't climb the ladder from the bottom to the top immediately it takes first step and then the second step third step I'm going to do it again I'm going to be a better dad I'm going to be a better husband I'm going to be a better employee I'm going to be nicer to the people that I see I'm going to I'm going to do that and I'm going to couple the disciplines with some habits that can change the course of who I am I can you can be different you can change what area in your life this morning is God pulling at you? What area in your life this morning is God calling you and saying, you should pray more. You should seek me more. You, you should do this more. What is it for you? Because I understand for everyone it could be different in this place. It always starts. It always starts with that first step starts with the first step you've got to fill out the application the application doesn't fill out itself you've got to fill out the application you have to make the first appointment 
you have to go and check the box. You got to do the first workout. You've got to lose the first pound. We overestimate what we can accomplish in a single day, but we underestimate what God can do in a year or two or even 10. We underestimate what God can do. Give it enough time and you can transform areas of your life and find yourself in a better state, in a better position if you work at it. And that's my challenge. Are you willing to work at it? And I want to challenge you with, alongside me, let's work at it together. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. And it all comes down to this. Worship team, where you go? Can you do it for a day? I realize one of the seven habits of highly effective people is begin with the end in mind. But can I be honest with you and tell you that sometimes the end feels very far away? Sometimes the end feels very far away. That the finish line feels so far that you're tempted to quit before you even start. But just try it for one day. And then the next day. And then the next day. So I want to invite you to to join me on a seven-day challenge. Wake up and read your Bible before you start your day. Before you scroll through Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Before you turn on the news. Could you wake up and read your Bible before you start your day? Could you exercise maybe for 30 minutes every day? Go for a walk. Play kickball with your kids. Do something. Maybe before you fall asleep each night, you thank God for three things out loud that he did for you that day or that he has done for you. You can add it to your list. You can write it down. But I challenge you. Over these next seven days, you and I could be, we could be in a much better place next Sunday with new habits. Let's seek him more. Let's seek him more. The cumulative effect, the overall effect of those daily habits, you'll experience the benefits of them until the day you die and you also leave an inheritance for all eternity so we can change the course with what we decide to do with what we decide to do with what we decide to invest in and maybe today maybe today this morning you're here and you have never given your life to Jesus and that is the first step that you can take towards a new life. We, we want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. 
you have the incredible privilege of being able to turn from one direction to another. It's the first step in experiencing the fullness of God in your life. So I want to invite everybody to close their eyes and bow your head right where you're at. And if you'd like to make a first-time decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior this morning, I just invite you to raise your hand wherever you're at. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Today, he, he calls you right where you're at, right where you're sitting, but more importantly, right where, you're, where your spirit's at, right where your, your mind is at, and right where, you're, right where you find yourself, he calls you. We'd like to pray with you, so everyone please repeat after me. Lord, I admit, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe you are Jesus, the Son of God, who died for the sins of the world. And I confess you as Lord, Savior, and King of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we give God some praise for everyone that accepted him today? Amen. Please stand. Recite them to your children. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you're at home and when you are away. When you lie down and when you get up, you bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorpost of your house and your, and your gates. God is calling us. He's calling us and he's challenging us. And he has all the power to save. He has all the power to restore. He has all the power to deliver. And I believe that he is a God. He is a miracle worker. I believe that he is a way maker. I believe that there is no one that can do what he does. And I believe that there is no one that can undo what he does. And I believe that if he says it, he will make it good. And if he says it, it will come to pass. I do believe that. I believe his word. And, but God wants to challenge us a bit further this morning and tell us that I can do it for you. But can you sustain it? Can you keep it going? Can you, can you maintain that deliverance? Can you maintain that restoration? Can you maintain the miracle that I'm doing in your life? Can you do the daily habits, the daily disciplines that, that fall on you and that fall on me? So this morning, I believe that God is going to make a way. I believe that God is going to do an incredible work. I don't even want to put limitations on it because it will look different to everyone in this place. I believe it. But at the same time, I want to appeal to you 
and say, God, once you do it in my life, once you do it in my life, I'm going to do my part to sustain it. So if that's you, I want to pray with you this morning. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. I'm going to open up this halter. And you may come saying, God, I believe you're going to do a miracle for me. Only you know what you're going through. I believe you're going to do a miracle for me. Because, for example, my finances are in ruined. But once everything is set, I'm going to make sure that I balance my checking account daily. I'm going to make sure that I, my spending habits, I believe you're going to heal me physically but after you heal me God I'm going to eat different I'm going to take care of myself I'm going to do some things on my part that I can to be able to line up with what you're going to do so whatever that looks like for you whatever that looks like for you it could be in your mind it could be in your heart it can be in your spirit it can be in your body it can be in your marriage it can be in your family it can be in your home it can be in your work it can be in your business God is not limited to anything he can work anywhere and with anything, but you say, God, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to do, my, I'm going to watch you work, but I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure that it is sustained. So every eye closed, Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of the Lord, God, you are our helper. God, you are our helper. You are, you are a miracle worker. You are a healer, you are a deliverer, you're a company keeper. You're my strength when I'm weak. There is nothing that you cannot do. There is no situation that you cannot work in. There is no limit to your ability, to your strength. To your power right now right now father right now we declare your word we declare your word right now over every circumstance over every dilemma over every challenge over every frustration over every failure right now God we declare that you are our source we declare God that you are you are the source. You are the reason. God, we declare, God, that you will have your way and that you will make it work and that you will show yourself strong. God, we declare today that you will make a way where there is no way. We believe it in our hearts. We believe it in our minds. We believe it, God. Right now, we grab a hold of your promises that are yes and that are amen. Right now, God, we believe right now. If you want to come to this altar, I invite you to come. Right now, God. Right now, God, in every circumstance, in every situation. For every person that is at a crossroads, God, right now, that you would show yourself strong. Right now, in Jesus' name. We declare, God, but we also commit to you right now. And we commit to say, God, that when you do it, because we know you will, when you do it, God, that we will, we will do our part 
to sustain the miracle, to sustain the healing. We will do our part, God, to sustain your perfect work in our lives. You, We will do our part to sustain, God, to sustain and to keep what you do. God, I declare that you will do the work. I declare that you are the only one that can do it. God, but help us in our human abilities to do what we need to do to be able to align with your word right now in Jesus name in Jesus name over every heart over every believer right now God we declare we declare the perfect work of Jesus we declare the perfect work of Jesus God right now we declare we declare we declare your very best. We declare clarity and guidance. We declare spiritual strength. We declare right now healing and deliverance. We declare right now that you will work in a miracle working way in Jesus name right now God and we bless you for it. We honor you for it. We thank you for it in Jesus name. In Jesus name.